0: Welcome to Can You Hold My Attention? I'm your host, Derek Bruton. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. On this show, I invite some of the most important and exciting people in wealth management and fintech to discuss and debate the latest trends and hottest topics facing financial advisors today. These shows have been so much fun to do mostly because of the great guests I've had and the interesting conversations we've had. I continue to receive a lot of feedback from many of my listeners. Please keep it coming. It's super helpful. You can follow Can You Hold My Attention on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. There are so many examples in our industry of financial professionals who have grown up on one side of the industry having, a meaning, having made a meaningful impact on the businesses of financial advisors, and then transition their careers into other areas, and in different ways have helped financial advisors grow their businesses or become more efficient. Many professionals actually grew up in the institutional custody arena, like myself, With custodians, RIA custodians, such as Charles Schwab or Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, Pershing, many of these folks have remained in the custody business and continue to have solid careers, while some have made the jump to other areas of financial services, such as asset management, even some starting and running their own RIAs. And then there are those who grew up in the custodian space and transitioned into FinTech or the tech industry, taking their knowledge and understanding of the Wealth Advisor and using that to their advantage in developing successful technology platforms that cater to financial advisors. Today's guest on Can You Hold My Attention is Mark Butler from one of the hottest fintech companies around, Skyence, an industry-leading wealth management platform and service provider. I'm so happy and fortunate to have Mark joining me on the show today. Welcome, Mark.
1: Derek, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: So Mark, you're the President and COO, Chief Operating Officer, and you're a Skyantist. so I wanna dive into that in a second, uh, at Skyentz, one of the, the industry-leading wealth management platforms and service providers. Um, and you know, before we dive in any further uh, into Skyentz and what you're doing and how you're helping advisors today, Tell us what led you to uh, go from the custody business. What, what was the mission of Skyence that intrigued you uh, and want to go in this fintech or wealthtech direction?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. And a lot of folks have asked me that. And I would, would share a couple things. I've had the opportunity to know the CEO and co-founder of Skyence, uh, Sanjeev Kumar, for a number of years. Him and I have done charity bike rides together and really gotten to know each other and the more I've gotten to know or got to know Skyance so over time the more I came to the conclusion that this was one of the best kept secrets in wealth management and wealth tech and so um, I spent some time on their board last spring and then in June they called and said hey look we you may not be interested but we're looking for a president and chief operating officer and if you know of anyone um so i called up sanjeev and said look i'm i'm all in if you uh if you want to work together and so from there we
0: just made it work and i joined in august and um we've been rocking and rolling since the old soft sell huh do you know anybody <laughs> that might be interesting yeah that's great um uh, so tell us exactly what is skyence and what is a skyentist
1: yeah it's again it, it, it's a great it's a great question i'll get to the scientist part in a minute but um i said to the to the board and to sanjeev when i started working with them last year that if i go to 25 people in wealth management and ask them who Skyence is 23 of them have no idea and two say they've heard of it but don't know exactly what they do and so um you know Skyence years ago made a bet on becoming part of the Salesforce ecosystem. And so we have two primary businesses. The company's been around for almost 20 years. So the two co-founders, Sanjeev and Kripashetti have been at it for almost 20 years, but they made a bet about a decade ago on the Salesforce ecosystem. And that, that would become a powerhouse, not only in financial services generally, but also within wealth management. And it's been a great bet. So we have two businesses. One part of our business is we help financial services companies, mostly wealth management firms, get up and running on uh, Salesforce solutions. So when you think about financial services cloud, which was really built for the wealth management industry, um, we can help firms get up and running on that. We have, a team that has over a thousand years of wealth management experience, people that have been clients of Skyence, people that have worked at Salesforce. And so we can help folks do that. And we do that today for some of the largest wealth managers and asset managers in the country. The other part of our business is our SaaS business. We have a uh, solution specifically for wealth management that integrates nicely within Salesforce, but can also exist outside of Salesforce. So there's a lot of firms that make a decision not to use Salesforce. And so our solution can work either way, but it is built on the force.com platform, which, um, which has been great for the industry and really for a lot of different verticals.
0: So are, are you then a FinTech firm? Are you a wealth tech firm? Are you a SaaS? Business, uh, well, your SaaS business—you just said that, but is it whatever commands the highest valuation? I mean, what what, <laughs> what exactly is Sky
1: It's it's a little bit of all of them. You know, if you look at our consulting business, we've done work with insurance companies, asset managers. Like I said, a lot of wealth management companies, ones that you and I are very familiar with. Um, so we span really everything within financial services, um, and especially firms that are going towards financial services cloud. uh, We're often hand in hand with Salesforce in helping and consulting those firms. Sanjeev was actually um, one of the architects of financial services cloud and helped Salesforce put that together, you know, back seven, eight, nine years ago. Um, so for that part of our business yes we're we're a fintech and then the other part of our business we fit more nicely into the wealth tech and the SaaS space.
0: You know your your clients have to appreciate the fact that uh that you've got so much wealth management experience uh understanding who you know who advisors are you've walked a thousand miles in their shoes uh together with your uh clearly your, your knowledge and your experience on the technology side, specifically with Salesforce, they have to appreciate that because I've seen a lot of advisors struggle with Salesforce. Um, they all appreciate the, the horsepower. It's like driving a Ferrari to the supermarket, right? They, they appreciate the horsepower, but they can't harness the horsepower. So, uh, but your experience, yours specifically, and the rest of the teams on the wealth management side, of understanding what their business is and maybe how to use that power, that, that's gotta help you.
1: It's, it, it's huge, it's a, it's a true consultative role that we have um, You know, in, in sharing different things that we see, different business models, different experiences that people have had on our team. We, like I said earlier, we have a bunch of people that were actually Skye's clients and they've implemented the solution. And so when we're able to go into um, a client or a prospect and have people that say, hey, I've been there, I've done it, let me share with you what we did and how we thought about it, that is incredibly valuable and puts us in a great position. Mm
0: -hmm. One of the things I've seen advisors really struggle with in their businesses is just the efficiency of their business and I know you guys are, can you maybe dive a little bit deeper into what Skyence is doing to help advisors become more efficient in their business?
1: Yeah, let me, I'll just start from a firm perspective. And when I say firm, I could be talking about RIAs or I could be talking about a broker dealer. Um, You know, it's really understanding a couple things. One, what's the experience that they're, trying to drive. And you know, when we talk about digital transformation, that's what we're really trying to get to, which is how do we drive a better experience? And the experience that was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, which is what, how most firms are built, that's not the experience of today. And leading firms know that. And so they're trying to get to what is the next practice? What is the next experience that we want to drive? So it starts there, um, but then it quickly gets into thoughts around workflow and how is it going to work and how do you drive the most efficiency in that process? And whether that process is how do want to board new advisors properly and efficiently, and again, make it a delightful experience or how do you open a new account and have that be very efficient and behind all of that um is how do you create value and so if a firm is going through a digital transformation regardless of what they're doing one of the things that we do that's a lot different than most fintechs and wealth techs is we have a very detailed cost benefit analysis to show them hey if you do this here is the impact not only in terms of the experience but also in terms of the dollars and cents the efficiency that you talked about as a result of putting in different workflows so we spend time with firms to help them realize and help them defend these digital transformation initiatives which oftentimes they fall flat because people just look at the cost side of it and say hey i don't want to spend that money without truly understanding what the benefit is over time
0: yeah and i'm glad you mentioned that because you know i i often look at the michael Kitches um technology map you've seen, it. I know Mark, and you guys are on there, I'm sure. And uh, what, are, what are there, 100 firms across CRMs, financial planning, fee billing, what have you. And, and what I'm noticing is I, I come across many firms that are using a combination of, of, of some, or maybe a lot of those technologies, depending on the size. But I also see them struggling with adoption. Adoption of these technologies, integration of these technologies, and what they often come to is what you just said: is being paralyzed, fearful, um, sometimes taking stances against the, the fees and the costs of of the implementation and the maintenance of these technologies. So. Stepping outside of skyence uh because at the risk of sounding like this is a skyence commercial here i want i want to i want to tap into your knowledge at a thirty thousand foot level of what does this industry need to do to drive up the adoption of of these technology solutions what what are we not doing as well as we should be It's a great
1: question, and i've been um although i work at a clearing firm and custodian for many years, I was always involved in the technology efforts, and that's been that's been a challenge. And frankly, as you know, Derek, it's something that a lot of people don't talk about or don't want to talk about, which is what is the adoption, and so how do you do that effectively? One is, you know, from a fintech perspective we, the collective we, have have largely, I'm not saying this is always the case, I hope people don't take this the wrong way, but we've been focused on seats, like how many people can we sign up to a solution without as much concern for how are they using it and are they using it? And so I think one, as a, as a cohort, we need to think a little bit differently In that regard. It's not just about the seeds, but are people actually using it Um, and how and how are they using? Do you understand how they're using it? And so how do you drive that adoption? Um, Every advisor, as you know, learns differently. They have different aptitudes. Some of them want to learn. Some of them are being forced to learn. Some of them have sales assistants or partners that they push it off to. So there's different ways that they that they learn and adopt things. And I think the investment that many fintechs can make and should make is to have people in the field, and some of them do it well, have people in the field that really understand, oh, that's your business. That's your business model. Now I understand what you're doing. Let me show you how we can configure our solution to make it work for your business versus just offering a plain vanilla training approach that treats everyone exactly the same. Um, I think you need people that can connect with advisors, connect with firms, and marry the capabilities of the solution with the business of the firm or the advisor. Does that it's, make sense?
0: Yeah, I mean, so you're talking about bespoke education, right? Um, and, and training for the, for the users of the technology, but, but I think it's gotta go further than that. I think it's got to translate into what is the impact that this technology is having on the, KP, uh, the key performance indicators of a firm? And how is it then from there directly impacting the P and L of the firm? Um, I don't see many firms at all going that far. We have a good friend in common, Spencer Siegel at Actify, and they really focus on that specifically because Spencer knows what a lot of people know is that when business planning comes up at the end of the year and people are looking at their PLs and they are looking at their expenses in particular in technology consulting, what have you. Uh, They look at these things and they say, wait a second, we're spending whatever it is, 150 bucks a month on a license for Salesforce. What are we getting out of that for our business? And so I think it's got to go beyond the training, that's important, but it's got to go into show me exactly how this is benefiting our business. Would you agree?
1: yeah and that's the the cost benefit piece um and we spend a lot of time with firms upfront. in fact i did one just a couple of hours ago with a large broker dealer in texas um which is showing them hey look and this was very specific to client onboarding that you know here is how much time everyone spends in the process from start to finish on opening up new ac- a new account Here's what we see for a firm like you this is how much time you'll spend. And on average, you're gonna save, in this case, they were gonna save $80 per application, but apply that over a few thousand advisors and apply that over five years. And all of a sudden, you know, you have a return that is uh very good um, and in the millions of dollars. So I completely agree with you, and we try and start there because if people don't understand the value benched against the cost, then it's always, we're always gonna be in this conversation of, we're not sure we're getting the value, we're paying too much. And so we just try and do that upfront. And then we measure it as we go along to make sure that people are realizing that benefit.
0: Well, part of the benefit, right, and the thing that advisors want to do better is grow organically. And, and I know you do a lot of science with regard to onboarding, which obviously has a lot to do with organic growth. Uh, but what do you see? Just you know, again, uh, step maybe drawing on your experience from from your custodian days, clearing days, but also what you're seeing today. What do you think are some of the bottlenecks um, in the organic growth process for for advisors today?
1: One of the things um, when I was at Allbridge that we did and had had very good data around was that we were able to show that as advisors used our platform more, meaning they were using the technology with their clients and in their business more, that their businesses actually grew more. And we didn't necessarily take all the credit for it, but um, it, it was interesting because And I know there's studies that have been published on this, which is if advisors use technology more effectively, they're able to grow their business and service their clients more effectively. And so I think that, and you know this, most advisors are not technology people. And I think in a lot of cases, solution providers and even clearing firms and custodians think advisors are just just gonna adopt technology, Um, but that's not, The technology is an enabler to growing your business or to servicing clients better. And so how we can make it easier, how we can help integrate more effectively, I think will in turn drive um, advisors, help them grow better. But there are certain solutions in the marketplace that have made this case and have pretty good evidence that if you use their solution,
0: the assets will grow. Right. Well, and oftentimes it just takes hard work, right? On the advisor's part too. They have to make a commitment to work hard in some practices, some smaller practices. The CEO is, is the one, uh, he himself or herself, that is, is committing this time to this technology to drive that efficiency so that they can spend more time on, the, on sales and business development and marketing and such. Uh, but that's, you know, that's a tough thing for a lot of advisors. You know, you mentioned once that skyence helps firms reinvent how they manage client relationships. And that's always intrigued me because effective management of client relationships should, in turn, pre- prevent, uh, present you with more time to focus on growth and using technology to do that. It's great. But tell me what you meant by that.
1: Yeah, a couple things. Um, and I use that term reinvent a lot. And when we think about digital transformation and digital enablement, that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about reinventing how we do something. And someone I used to work with had a really good line. They said, hey, let's make wealth management fun again. Right. Why does this have to be so hard? And so the, you know, the a true digital transformation strategy is looking at that. How do we create that experience That um, and reinvent an experience that, like I said earlier, is 10, 15, 20 years old? And so how you do that is really understanding the life cycle. So starting with the investor or the client and coming all, of, all the way through, how does the advisor interact with the firm, whether that's an RIA or a, or a broker-dealer, and understanding that and what is the interaction that they're trying to get to. And it could be reinventing the experience. So, you know, I use this word delightful. How do we create a delightful experience that an advisor says, you know what, that was awesome. And that was so easy because Mm -hmm. that's what advisors want. They want it easy. These aren't technology people by and
0: large.
1: Or how does it give me some benefit? Like we were talking about before, is there an efficiency benefit? Is there a growth benefit to it? So it's understanding that it's just not, and I think this is where a lot of firms get stuck is they think I'm just gonna take a point solution, I'm gonna plug it in, I'm gonna call it digital transformation and everyone's gonna be happy. And I think the leading firms Mark to Bergen always used this term growth oriented, which I think is a great phrase, you know, growth oriented firms are thinking about it more strategically. And they're thinking about the end to end experience, starting with the client and going all the way through and um, you know the firms that we work with that we're very strategic with that's how they're. Thinking And of course, they're thinking about it in context of their value proposition and the
0: advisors that they're serving. We'll be right back with Mark Butler at Skyence right after this. Skyence is the industry leading digital enablement consulting partner for financial services companies and delivers an award-winning wealth management platform. With clients spanning all market segments, Skyence delivers on the promise of true digital transformation and provides a unified wealth management experience for advisors, operations, and executives. Skyence solves advisors' most common frustration around having an integrated platform by creating that single pane of glass. If you want to learn more about Skyence, visit skyence.com podcast To learn more or book a demo. Welcome back, Mark. Uh, You said something right before the break, easy and awesome. (laughs) And I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, advisors would love to have something that shows immediate results, easy to implement, and where they walk away and their staff walks away and says, that was awesome. Or their clients say that uh can you give me an example of something you've seen with another technology firm out there say in the last 10 years where advisors would say that's easy and awesome
1: well it's all it's all relative to kind of where you come from but i have seen um you know i have seen firms make very significant transformations you know when i was with pershing and you'd see Broker dealers or registered inv- investment advisors move from one custodian or clearing firm to another. Um, and if they came from sort of the dark ages, you know, I think about firms that, have, that are self clearing and have tried to do it on their own. Um, you know, their advisors went from, like I said, being in the dark ages to something that is a lot more modern day. And I've, I've been in rooms with advisors that say, wow um it happened a couple of weeks ago I actually had the opportunity to do some business travel recently which was which was fun
0: mm-hmm.
1: um after not being able to do it for <laughs> over a year right and we were in a room with folks that were and these are experienced wealth management folks and when we showed them some things that um that we have and some things that we're thinking about there was a wow um and it quickly turned into this is moving from a next year priority to a we're figuring out how to make it this year priority. So that, you know, if you're in the solution business or like yourself having run a bunch of firms, when you hear that and see that, like that is awesome. Like that just feels, it feels good. And it gets back to what I said before, how do we make wealth management fun
0: again? Right. Well, one group of um, folks out there, one group of firms that have tried to make it fun again and, and are introducing solutions are the custodians, where, you know, where we both came from. Um, and part of it is because they've got such a large audience of advisors, and, it's, and the advisors expect this from custodians. Uh, but custodians are also let's let's be honest they're also introducing a lot of services now because where they made money in the past they're no longer making money, specifically transaction fees interest rates are in the gutter right now, so off the money off the cash balances they're not making nearly as much as they used to so they're cross selling other services and I think this is a great thing um But, you know, is there, uh, do do you see custodians getting more into the SaaS business and getting into charging for technologies that either they build or perhaps buy other firms out there or maybe just partner with? What what role do you see the custodians playing in in the future of, of, of technology enablement?
1: I think them getting in the SaaS business is um, is really not in the DNA of many of them. Um, there are exceptions to that. You know, if you look at what Fidelity has done with eMoney, um, they're using eMoney across the Fidelity enterprise, for example, in the personal investing group, um, and that to me is very strategic. You know, they looked at eMoney not as not only as Hey, we're going to buy a wealth tech company that does financial planning and has a great following amongst advisors, but it has strategic value across our enterprise. But I do think that's an exception. Um, I think most custodians and clearing firms, um, you know, they're wired to a certain business model. I don't necessarily think they want to be in the technology business and have SaaS solutions. But like I said, there are there are exceptions to that.
0: Well, I think, you know, those exceptions could be the new entrance to the market too because firms like Goldman and Axos and Altrist and Apex, they all seem to start with A's. Um, they they're getting into this game and, you know, if I'm if I'm leading one of these these organizations, I'm thinking, okay, I'm late to the dance, so to speak. Uh, I need to show up with something different, something intriguing, and technology seems like a good route to go. It'd be a, using a, some sort of technology solution to differentiate yourself from Charles Schwab and Pershing and, uh, and Fidelity, I was gonna say TD, but that's going away too. So, uh, I mean, do you think that from these custodians, they will have an impact in the, in, in the custodian business through technology?
1: I do I think they'll they'll just they'll have an impact in in general. Um, you know, advisors have more choices now than they've ever had, which I think is great for our business. And um, those new entrants, I think you said it before, you know they're thinking differently um, about how to address this market. The model that was built 20, 30, 40 years ago, Um, That may not be the model that wins today, even though some of those incumbent firms have a lot of market share today, uh, that could change over time. So the firms that you mentioned, they're definitely thinking differently. They're putting a lot of money into things. Technology is definitely one of them. You know, if you look at APEX, for instance, the, um, the money and the effort they've put around their APIs. You know, if you're a growth oriented firm and you want to build your own experience, um, it's it's a pretty dynamite set of APIs and the way it's documented and um, you know, it just it just works. So I think those choices for advisors are great because depending on your business and whether you want to grow or kind of stay the same or you're looking to differentiate on technology,
0: all of those firms are going to offer something to someone well and i've always learned over the years you've seen too that independence is pretty much synonymous with flexibility so i expect these firms to not only lead with technology but lead with flexible technology And you mentioned apis um and but but i also think uh because they have to make money these are for-profit businesses they will introduce this version, which I've seen with, you know, firms like Orion and Investnet, where they have their homegrown whatever technology, whether it's fee billing or performance uh, performance reporting or, or financial planning, but they also uh, present the possibility of integrations with a number of other firms on that KitGIS roadmap that we just talked about a while ago. Um, do you see this kind of co Approach continuing with 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 the custodians. I do, I do, because
1: that's. I mean, we're all in the business of serving advisors and investors, and so closing yourself off to integrating with others, even though you know competition is absolutely the right word. Um, closing yourself off has never been a winning strategy for anyone. So I do think that that's going to continue, and I think folks that can provide a great integrated experience. Again, make it easy and awesome for an advisor. Um, the, there's a value to that and advisors
0: are going to be willing to pay for that better experience. I agree with you. I agree. Um, not that I don't think they'll pay that much, but <laughs> but, uh, but I agree. They'll, they'll pay. Let's talk about something else and that's artificial intelligence. And and I'm not talking about the Spielberg movie, I'm talking about what everyone else is talking about right <laughs> now. Um, how how do you see AI already playing a role in financial services?
1: I think there's been, um, and it hasn't, I have written about this a couple times in the last couple of years, thinking that the moment is right, but it just hasn't, the moment hasn't been completely right, but You know, I love just a really simple case of, you know, next best action. So using artificial intelligence to provide to an advisor or a client or a firm, what is the next best action in this relationship? Right. Again, how do you make it easy for an advisor? Advisor wants to turn on the technology, they don't want to have to think a ton or go through spreadsheets or go through lots of screens let's provide them the answer they're talking to Derek this afternoon here's some things that maybe you want to enter the conversation um, or bring into the conversation with Derek um, so I think that like I said I thought it's time came a couple of years ago but um, it still isn't it's not there there's a couple of good firms out there but um, I'd love to see that get more widely Adopted. And then the other case that we see in the work that we do at science is um, around workflows. And so, how do you build smart workflows that route based on certain behaviors or things that have happened in the past? You know, artificial intelligence needs data to learn, um, and it learns based on things that have happened in the past. And Salesforce has done a lot of good work in this regard um, and their Einstein solution, I think, is, is very
0: good for firms that are in wealth or asset management. Well, one, what, one word you didn't say, which, um, but you implied, is that artificial intelligence right now, especially, is having one of its biggest impacts on communication, communication efforts. And we've seen studies in the past where one of the biggest reasons an advisor is is fired by their client is because of lack of communication. Not enough communication, not responding to phone calls, what have you, especially during down markets when those clients want that communication. And to the extent AI can help an advisor more efficiently identify who needs to be called, when they should be called. what. What should be the content of that conversation? To the extent they can, that, that technology can help us in those areas, that should really not only help advisors enrich their client experiences, but also identify where growth areas are in the firm in terms of prospects and when to, when to reach out to those. And uh, and workflow, which you just mentioned, I think is the process by which it makes it easier for advisors to identify these things. Right. Am I, am I correct? Okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it really helps, you know, when I think about advisors scaling themselves and scaling their businesses more effectively, I see AI as a way to do that. And like you said, what you know, what is the reason for the call? What's the content of the conversation? And then it is all about the conversation. And are you, you know, is the conversation bringing value or is the conversation just, hey, I'm just checking in, it's a sunny day out there, you know, have a great week. But are you actually bringing ideas and solutions to the table Um, and for an advisor, you know, having tools like that, that sort of bring those things to the forefront again, allows them to not have to spend so much time thinking and planning, but the technology is doing
0: some of that work for them. Right. Well, Mark, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I wanna end with a question about one of the hottest topics in the industry right now, and that's the M&A uh, business and, and the, the number of buyers and sellers in, in the RAA and, and financial advisor, but broker dealer market even. Um, but you know, I just wrote an article on one profile of a seller of, of an RIA business is the younger advisor. And I say younger, you know, I'm 53, so I'm going to say that's younger. I don't care what anybody else thinks. Um, (laughs) but, but say an advisor out there who let's say she's 53 years old and she's looking to sell her business, not because she wants to retire, but because of the complexity of the business, um perhaps the the cost of doing business, what she doesn't know that's hurting her and she realizes what she doesn't know. Those are the reasons that she's decided to bring on a minority partner, perhaps a majority partner to the business. And we're seeing a lot of business, business transactions with sellers that with that profile, not just sellers that are in their seventies who are looking to, Retire essentially after after a short transition, but you know what what can what can Skyence do? What can other fintech companies do to help advisors like that uh, free up that that stranglehold of or organic growth, so that they don't necessarily have to consider or, or strongly consider the sales option. They can t- can continue to grow organically and and hire the right talent, what, whatever it is. To take their firm to the next, the scale and take their firm to the next level?
1: Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. And I I use this term regarding advisors, which is, you know, punch above your weight. And I think the technology today and the right combination of, of technology and thinking about it strategically, I think allows advisors to punch way above their weight and look like a firm that is much bigger than them maybe much more sophisticated than them and so you know in the work that we do that gets into you know the experience that we have on the team the types of people that we have um the consulting that we do and how do we help a firm and you know in your example how do we help her punch above her weight in her business and not have to worry about some of the headaches that she has today. and we may not be an answer for all of those challenges, um, but we may have integrations with people who can answer that or we may have relationships with other people that we can bring in. Um, so that's that's my answer to that. With that said, whether it's a small broker dealer or in the instance you mentioned a small RIA, it really requires them to think strategically Um, and one of the first questions I always ask of firms large and small is what's your value proposition what are you what do you represent in the marketplace and um, so people who can answer those questions people who want to grow think differently want to scale you know those are good conversations and we can usually help them but um, you know those like I said we want to help especially in those cases, help advisors punch above their weight.
0: Yeah, I mean, get their elevator pitch down, right? I mean, how many advisors do you know that still don't have a succinct elevator pitch that they can deliver consistently to clients, prospects, neighbors, strategic partners, what have you? Um, That means so much. Well, hey, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. It's really people like you that continue to play a positive role in Reshaping this wealth management industry, which needs to be reshaped. There needs to be more diversity. We need to connect with the younger generation much, much better than we do today. And so I appreciate everything you're doing at Skyence and and throughout the industry. I know you're on a bunch of advisory boards, continue to do great work there. I really hope that we can see each other at a conference sometime soon. That would be great. Uh, But thank you very much for being on my podcast today.
1: Thank you, Derek. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, look forward to meeting up at a conference.
0: And thank you all for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can subscribe to Can You Hold My Attention podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher, as well as through our LinkedIn page with the same name. Have a great day, everyone, and stay safe.